0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Amen. It's not for sale. Uh, you realize to say something is not for sale is to say that it, it in itself has an inerrant value based upon itself that cannot be touched are matched at any price. Right? There is a major difference between value and price. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So not for sale means that there is no amount possible that could be equivalent to its value. Now we're going to talk about worship today in a way that I have never seen it I've never heard it, and I'm going to be honest with you, I may have said this before, but it's part of growth that I have never studied a direction that has convicted me and changed my life like what I'm about to share with you. It has brought conviction in every step I take. So this is a really weighty uh, weighty, uh, sermon that I want you to get a hold to today. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 16, To read a few scriptures and then we're going to go to Genesis chapter number 25. I understand that I have some stiff competition today. Saints will be playing in a minute. But I need you, Saints, to stay with me. That's what DVR is for commercial free football. It's amazing. Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 24. There will be a service here tonight at 6 o'clock. God has given Lindsay uh, an an amazing concept she's going to deal with tonight. And I say that because she's done shared it with me. I've been praying over it and through it. It's really powerful. Uh, Matthew 16, 16, 24 said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? A better translation would be, What is more valuable than your soul? Turn with me to Genesis 25, beginning in verse number 21. Genesis 25 and 21. I'm going to give you just a minute because we're not using the screens this morning. I hear pages turning. It's Genesis, it's in the Old Testament. If you're in the New Testament, you're not going to find Genesis. 25, 21, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled within her, and she said, if I be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, there's two nations in your womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from your bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. So much good teaching in that that I'm tempted to fool with. But I want. 24. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, they were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. All over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau, which literally means hairy. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bade them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, he was a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate the venison. That's why I love Jimbo. Keep it coming, brother. He, he, because he ate of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage or cooked soup. And Esau came from the field and he was very faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage for I am faint. Therefore, his name was called Edom, which means red. And Jacob said, sell me this day your birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die What profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore to him, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I started to teach on Monday night uh, on worship. And it's hard to talk about worship because when I say it, your mind goes to certain calisthenics that you've been trained that is worship. So when I say the word worship, you automatically connect it with a song service before the preaching. Amen. When I say worship, you connect it with some certain type of song. Amen. As a matter of fact, fact, we've even coined the phrase worship leaders. And and if you've been any worship teaching whatsoever for worship leaders, you're, you're taught to start off with praise songs and end with worship songs. But today... We're going to discover what worship really looks like. Are you going to go with me for a few minutes? What does worship really look like? And what is worship? Well, God brought me to this concept months ago. And I just have been praying and meditating on what is worship. And what changed my whole world was when God said, do you think I need worship? And so I had to think about that. Well, I thought you did. We do it so you would be happy, so you would be pleased. We thought that that was part of your nature and what you desired. And God said, I'm not some insecure, schizophrenic being that if you're not pumping me up, if you're not telling me who I am, I'll forget. Because I'm God, whether you tell me or not. Or are y'all with me? And so we... We separate worship songs from praise songs because we call praise songs things we thank God for and worship songs are things that God is. Amen. So we've slipped into a system that says that God needs my worship when in reality, God don't need your worship. Amen. Because if he needed my worship, he wouldn't be God. He, he would have a, a deficit that I fulfilled. Are you following me? And God's just got all by himself. Amen. Uh, But worship comes from, uh, uh, can I just work this? Y'all just try to stay with me and and we'll make this clear. Amen. Uh, You worship something that has an inerrant character or worth that that, uh, demands worship. Amen. God's character demands worship. God don't. God's care, let me, let, let, let me work this for just a little bit. I, I sold my truck, Freddie. I know you're not surprised, but I sold my truck. He said he's going to take all my titles because I don't keep nothing. I sell everything. Amen. And so I'm kind of looking for another, and I called Jimbo, and I told him, I said, man, I've been saving my money, and uh, I wanna, I'm going to buy your Toyota. Now, that Toyota's probably worth what, 30000 Between 20 and 30,000, I said, I've saved up $5,000 and I'm going to buy your truck. And he just laughed at me. I don't know what was so funny, it hurt my feelings. Amen. And the reason he laughed at me is because that truck has an inerrant value that demands a certain level of sacrifice. Is anybody listening to me? And anything under that is laughable. Oh my God, I don't know if y'all hear me. So God don't demand your worship or need your worship, but his goodness demands a response to the worth of our God. I don't know if y'all catching this, amen. So that's why the Bible says, give honor where honor is. Somebody help me out. Give honor where honor is due. Somebody say, pay your dues pay your dues. Amen. Uh, so, so worship is, is of a nature to where it's only given to where the object worshipped, to the character of it, the nature of it, the worth of it demands that level of worship and to give it anything less is an insult. Y'all going to get with me in a minute. So I begin to pray on this level. And meditate on this level of, then why do we do what we do here? Why, why have we created this worship service with worship leaders when in reality they do not exist on the level we engage in? Do we sing? Is the Bible's in the singing? It's in all of that. Songs are an expression of worship. Amen? All right, stay with me because we're going to change mindset. It's going to take a little bit. Amen? I will not be done by 12. So I began to look at the history and the etymology of worship. Well, to to look up the etymology of worship, I had to look up what etymology means. And etymology, I don't know if I'm saying it right, is the study of words and how they have changed throughout history. That's what etymology is. And the word worship, if you go all the way back, the word worship, write this down, in the old English is made up of two words, worth. W-R-T-H and ship, worth ship. In the old English, that's exactly how they said it. They actually said worth skip. There was a K in there. This was the original. Worth ship, which speaks of worth or worthiness. When they were kings and princes and, 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 and prince, amen, they would say your worthiness. In other words, your position demands a certain level of adoration and respect, and fear and reverence. Okay, so uh, worship speaks of worth. It speaks of worthiness. Uh, worship is defined by words like honor, respect, to have reverence for. So worship actually means, y'all better write this stuff down. We may never teach it again. Worship actually means respect or reverence paid to something or someone based on its worth or the value that you place on it. So somebody write this down. Worship has to do with value. Amen? Worthship. It's all about value. And what I've learned is that everybody is worshipers. Sinner and saint. We all worship many different things. Oh my God, this is going to lead some, teach, uh, some teaching on worship the Lord thy God and Him only. We all worship different, many different things. Our lives are governed by worship. Not a song service. Not music. Our lives are governed by the value we place on things. Every individual. Our lives are governed by worship. Every morning when you wake up, you begin making decisions on what you will do and what you will not do based on the value. Huh? I'm telling you, this has brought such conviction that's changing me about how I think and everything. You wake up in the morning and you start making decisions based on the value of uh, or the worth that you place on it. Every single person on the planet governs his life by his own personal value system. Thank you. Your time and your activity will always be governed by your own personal appraisal of the thing desired. Amen. Because you see, amen, this here, amen, that you call money, this ain't my money, this is my life. This this is my life. This is your life. That $20 represents a whole lot of hours, It represents me leaving my family, going on a job. That's my blood. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. Nobody just gave me that. I gave me to get that. Amen. I gave up child time. I gave up spouse time. Oh, my God. I I gave up me time. Amen. To, To get a hold of that. So, when, when I decide to buy something with that, I have to decide, is that thing worth that much of me? Every time I buy something, I'm in worship. So, I have to decide, is that worth what it's going to cost me to get it? Okay, is it coming? E double side. I feel the Holy Ghost on this one. I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with a song. It has nothing to do with music. It has nothing to do. It has to do with what I'm willing to give to get. And and let me work it. Amen. So so I hear a common statement a lot. I just don't have time to pray. <laughs> Tell me you laughed already before that come out. I don't, I, don't, I don't have time to pray. I didn't have time to pray today. Have you ever said that? If you hadn't, woo. I didn't have time to pray. No, 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 no. Tell your neighbor no. No, you actually did an appraisal. <laughs> you, you actually did an appraisal. Amen. Between something else, sleep, Facebook, TV, you, you may, you didn't know, you were still laying in your bed and was in full-blown worship service and didn't even know it. Full-blown worship service. Sleep. Some of you did an appraisal over prayer and sleep and bowed and paid homage to another hour rest. I'm telling you, this will bring conviction to the the, uh, saint like Beth. You hear me? I believe she's going to find some conviction today. (laughs) You made a personal appraisal between these things in prayer and considered the other more valuable and more worthy than prayer. huh? And then we want to enter in here and stick hands in the air. And say, oh, I worship you, oh, Lord God. And God said, huh? Huh? What, what happened to my worship Monday morning at 6 o'clock? Oh, somebody ought to help me. Amen. What? I got to work this. I got to work this. So what is worship? What is worship? What is considered the most worthy is what I sacrifice my time my energy, and my money for. There ain't no such thing as I didn't have time for it. Amen. What you should start saying is, I didn't put the proper appraisal on it. Right? I I just really didn't put the proper value on it. Amen. And, And what I've learned about value is that it's relative to a particular person. In other words, what may have great value to one person may have little or no value at all to another person. That's why public church worship, I'm I'm having a hard time even using that word anymore, song service. That's why public or, or church worship can be deceiving. Because when we come together, we will engage in church activity just because that's what everybody else is doing. So we're doing it based on their appraisal when at home, it don't hold the same value. (laughs) Amen. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, and, and, and for some of you, this is why a church service or a prayer service can be so discouraging. Because when you look around, you can tell others are not putting the same value on the same activity as you do. Yeah. So in any given church service, many are engaging in the same activity with a totally different personal appraisal of that activity. Well, everybody else is praying, I should be praying father' in heaven Everybody else is worshiping. Well, I should be worshiping. Everybody else is singing, I should be singing. Everybody else is clapping. I should be clapping. Amen. Everybody else is giving. I should be giving. And we call that worship. When in reality, the only thing that's really being worshiped is my need to appear more spiritual than I really am. So, oh my God, I, I don't know. Oh, you should call it, oh, 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 so a lot of times I wonder, who are we worshiping? And what are we worshiping if the, the activity that I'm engaged in on Sunday doesn't have enough value on Monday that I'm still clapping and I'm still praising. Oh God, somebody help me. I'm still worshiping because my value system wasn't governed by, because you put a high appraisal on it. Amen. I have put the same appraisal on it if Scott's playing a piano or if he has not played it. This is what Jesus called being a hypocrite. It's the last time you heard that word. Being hypocritical, listen, is when my personal appraisal of the activity changes based on location and company. That's not your value. You're you're only acting on his value. And because you want to fit in, you act like you have the same appraisal as them. But when I'm not with them, my true value shows up. And we're wondering why God's not ripping heaven open and pouring his glory in song services that we call worship. Come on, let's go deeper. Jesus said this is, this is hypocritical. Now, now let's back out of that. I don't like that word. That word tastes bad. Hypocrite. We started this teaching by defining the word worship, which is defined by worth or value. The value you give something that demands your respect or your adoration, right? Okay, and now listen. The value of a thing can only be measured by what you're willing to sacrifice to possess it. I'm going to say that again. The value of a thing, you can say that's valuable to me. You can say that all day long. But in reality, true value is only measured by what you're willing to sacrifice to possess it or or maintain it. Okay? So the true value of a thing is not determined by the displayed price. That's right. I mean, you may have trouble wrestling with this, but it's the truth. Uh, So the true value of a thing is not determined by the price that's on display. True value is not determined by what the seller is asking for it. Value is not even determined by what it took the manufacturer to make it. Price is, but not value. Okay, true value is established by what you're willing to sacrifice to possess it. So contrary to popular belief, there is no such thing as market value. They say our whole economy, when I begin to learn worship, I learn right quick. They say our whole economy is established upon uh, market value. In reality, that's a myth. Amen. Amen. Because everything is subject to your personal appraisal in spite of the market value, right? They, they can set market value and say, this thing costs $100 if they want to. But when I walk in your store, I'm going to give it a personal appraisal. And I know how much of me I'm going to sacrifice to walk out with it. Amen. And I may, I may think you're selling it too cheap. And I may think that you're selling it beyond the value that I put on it. When Jimbo may walk in and say, "Man," I may walk out of there and say, uh-huh, you crazy. My appraisal came up way low like he did with me and his truck. I may say it's too low. And another customer walk in and say, oh, my God, give me two of them. Are you following me? Because the value system, the value of something, remember value and worship. You can't separate them because worship is worth-ship. How much is it worth? The value of something purchased is established by the desire of the purchaser. So the value of the thing, oh God, am I, am, are, you, are you with me? Are you rolling with me? So the value of the thing is established by the amount you're willing to sacrifice. So value, worship is actually established by what an individual is willing to sacrifice in order to get it. Let me show you something. I got red soup. Mm. Wow. Mm, that smells so good. You hungry, babe? Come on. Mmm. Tomato soup. I'll pass this around around 1230, y'all. It'll start smelling better as you get hungrier. Wow, that'll preach. Huh? mm. Come on now. You gotta work it. Huh? Mmm. This is good. This is good. Huh? I'm hungry. You hungry? You hear my stomach growling? Yeah, you want some of this? Yes, I do. Well? Thank you. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's for sale. How much? Ah, uh, let's see. What would be an equivalent exchange? I mean, I paid $1.49 to make this soup. I'll exchange it for that wedding ring. Oh, wow. I'm hungry, though. Yeah, it's good. Mm. It's yours for that diamond wedding ring. This is my wedding ring. Mm Mm-hmm. This means a lot to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I see uh huh uh huh oh this is good Mm. does that ring represent something yes our marriage (laughs) no your marriage to your husband I'm just a man selling soup That's your namesake. This is a, vowel. This a vowel. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But. But I'm hungry. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, but I'm so hungry. But I'm hungry. I'll take it. So this. I have to eat right now. Okay, so this is an exchange. Yes. She has just decided that this bowl of soup is equivalent To her covenant relationship. Her inheritance. Of when I die. She's going to get all my money. It's. It's about worth. (laughs) Her namesake. Her namesake. Her identity. Her new identity. As Patty Love. And not Whitmer. Are y'all following me? But because of a. Because of a vow and a commitment, uh, this is what all this represents. And all of a sudden, this appetite has decided and lowered the value of this diamond ring that cost money. There you go. You're welcome. Who do you think got the better deal? And do you think that was a foolish exchange? (laughs) Y'all are scared to answer me. (laughs) So, worship has always been about establishing value. And value is always measured by what an individual is willing to sacrifice to possess it. She finally said, because I'm so hungry, I will give up my birthright my covenant my commitment my my relationship i'm going to give all that up for a few minutes of gratification amen it's always measured By what an individual is willing to sacrifice to worship. So the reason I'm having a problem calling these song services worship services anymore. Is because worship is always connected to sacrifice. Study your Bible. Because it's an exchange. Amen. You worship every time you go to the store. But we've coined worship as some spiritual term. When in reality, it governs every aspect. All it is is a personal appraisal that I'm making. Is anybody's spirit preaching yet? Or are you going with me? Matter of fact, I can prove to you that it's always worship is all, worship outside of sacrifice is not worship at all. I don't care how much you sing, how much you shout, how much you're dancing, anybody can do that because everybody's doing it amen a worship that that requires no or has no uh, sacrificial giving in it it can't be called worship it can be called praise but it can't be called worship as a matter of fact the very first time anybody understand the law first mentioned, Amen. I ain't got time to teach it, but the Bible works off the law first mentioned. The first time it was mentioned, it always stays consistent all the way through the Bible. It's the most powerful time it's mentioned, and it sets a precedence that all teaching has to go back to that. Okay, so the first time worship is mentioned in the Old Testament is when Abraham said to his servants, y'all stay here while me and the lad goes up to the mountain to worship. Isaac, thank you, Isaac so understood that worship was about sacrifice. I mean, it was culture. It was a given. It went all the way back to the Garden of Eden when God sacrificed an animal. Are you following me? So Isaac so understood, Kenny, that worship was about sacrifice, amen, that he didn't say, where's the piano? He didn't say, where's the drums? He didn't say, where's the worship leaders he said here's the wood here's the fire but where's the sacrifice For law first mentioned we can't have a proper worship service where there is no sacrifice amen and of course abraham said my son god will provide himself a lamb right And of course, we know that Abraham laid his son upon the altar of sacrifice. And what happened when he did? One of the most confusing to me and profound statements I've ever heard God say that I've never begun to figure him out in this uh, arena. I've had uh, educated pastors try to explain it to me and ain't nobody ever touched what's in me about this question or this statement. But anyway, when he raised up the knife, God said, now I know. By what? You were willing to sacrifice the value you placed on me and my will. I don't know how God didn't know. I don't know. And that's open for discussion and debate. I'm just telling you. God said, now I know. I know the value you placed on me. I know you said I love Jesus. I know you said I love you, Father. I know you said I worship you, Lord. He said, but I can't really know the value you put on me until you're standing face to face with a temptation to do something outside my will. Then worship is on. Now true value can be expressed because some of us have lied to our own selves and we've deceived our own self. Oh, but I love the Lord. I know I'm a knucklehead and I sin every day and I don't really come to church much, but I love the Lord. Come on now, somebody help me. This is the 21st century, amen. I don't read my Bible, I don't pray, but I love the Lord. Amen. Uh, and, and we think some Sunday morning visit at church is going to prove to God I love you when God has been watching every, every business transaction. e double Every business transaction. Amen. In my life, whether sleep was more important, job was more important, family was more important. Let's take it deeper. And here's the reason. The reason worship is always connected to sacrifice is because of this. Listen, you got to catch these statements. I'm pouring it out this morning. The value of the thing sacrificed reveals the value of the thing the person is worshiping. Amen? I'll tell you how much that thing means to me. Scott, what you selling? Huh? What you selling? What you got? I see you got some earbuds there. You want to sell them? Okay, how much you want for them? (laughs) boy ain't that just like the devil amen whatever you got will be appropriate well I got $20 so that's what that's for how much you want for them Scott thank you it's a little slow but huh amen well I've got to decide is that worth giving up my $20 amen is that prayer time worth me giving up 20 minutes of my time So I'm in worship right now with you, right? Or with that. Amen. So now I have esteemed that more valuable than this $20. So we're going to make an exchange. This, I've said, (laughs) is equivalent to this in my eyes. Patty just said that bowl of soup was equivalent to a 34-year marriage and an inheritance. Are are y'all with me now? Let's keep working it, because this is what happens in your life every day. Nobody can judge you. Nobody has to judge you. See, what where you go wrong is when you start judging his appraisal against my appraisal. I need to help somebody gets discouraged in church and somebody ain't worshiping like you think they ought to be worshiping. (laughs) Amen. In a sense, if you're not careful, you'll get discouraged because they're not putting the same appraisal. I used to get so discouraged with prayer meeting. Amen. Because to me, prayer meeting reveals appraisals. And I would be discouraged in prayer because so many people didn't appraise prayer like I appraised it. So therefore, something else They sold out for something else. But I had to learn, I can't judge you by my appraisal. I did have to learn that, right? So the reason worship is always connected to sacrifice is because the thing you're willing to give up, the value of it reveals the value of you. A lot of people will not express emotional gratitude in church because of worship. (laughs) Are you listening to me? A lot of people deem their social status more valuable than looking like a fool for Jesus. Did y'all catch that? Oh, I, I, I want to worship, but or I, I keep putting that word in the wrong context. I want to praise. I, I, I want to get involved, and I feel it in me. I feel the chemical, uh, that stuff you were talking about. I feel it in me, but what are they going to think if I run around the church or if I lift my hands or if I shout out? So are you talking about worship? Now it's a worship service because you're putting a value on your person over his person. Ain't it real? Ain't it real? You can say all you want to. I value prayer. I value my Bible. I value my relationship with God. But what you're willing to sacrifice to maintain these things is the only true measure of your true value. This is worship. This is worship. Abraham was saying by his sacrifice that God... You and your will is more valuable to me than my own son. My God. No wonder God said, you're my friend. <laughs> Amen. By him offering his own son on the altar, he was saying, he was he, the value system was screaming. Amen. That God, your your will is more valuable to me than my inheritance, my heritage, my legacy. And in the 21st century church, we're having a hard time sacrificing friend time, family time, Facebook time, hunting time, TV time, work time. Oh my God, help me, Holy Ghost. We're we're, so... Listen to me, uh, just to get a little ahead. The, 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 the text said the reason he sold his birthright for the suit was he despised it. In other words, the reason he sold out so cheap is because he had done drop the value of a personal relationship with his father. You'll, you'll know when things of this world, amen, start growing real valuable in your life, It'll be when your relationship with God starts losing its value. What? 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 A month ago, you wouldn't have sold for nothing. All of a sudden, I find myself in the place of ooh, soup. Mmm. A cigarette. Mmm. I'm just using that because we somebody said it Wednesday night. That was their temptation. Mmm, cold shot of whiskey. Mmm, pornography. Gossip. <laughs> Unforgiveness seems, can seem tasteful when I lower the value of my cup with him. Church time in the 21st century has become so negotiable because we don't understand the value of it. And we've lowered the value. So, so, so don't sit there and judge Esau. Don't, don't, don't judge Esau. Because he was, amen. Because he just wanted a little bit of red soup. And, and you're sitting there saying, that's the stupidest trade I ever heard in my life. I would never give up. The birthright man, he got to run the family, rule the family, get all the money and make all the decisions and carry on the father's name. And he gave it up for one temporary Bowl of soup. But before you judge him, how many times do we give up relationship with the Father so I can go get on a deer stand? I'm going to use that right now because it's deer season, amen? And a lot of us, you like to hunt. Or I'm going to give it up because I really need two hours more sleep. or, or, or. It's worship. It's worship. It's worship. Oh but look at our father. Let's 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 go back to our father. Let's see how he worships if you will. Amen. The Bible says for God so loved the world that he for God so loved you that he that he sacrificed are you listening to me? He, he went into a worship service to negotiate the value of the world, you, amen, and the value of his only begotten son. And he, like Abraham, deemed that you were worthy giving up his son. And I'm having a hard time giving up a little sleep, a little family time, a little movie time. And we're wondering why God is not moving and ripping heaven open and pouring his glory out. Amen. It's, can I throw this in here? Now I understand why they were buying and selling in the temple. Remember that? And Jesus come in and got furious. Oh my God, it's so clear now. He got furious and started turning over the tables because they had money. Are you listening to me? Money was going everywhere. And he made this statement that I never understood until I understood worship. He said, my house shall be called a house of worship. My house shall be called a house of prayer, right? He said, but you've made it a den of thieves. In other words, amen, he, and I thought, well, they were buying, they, were, they weren't stealing it, they were buying, but they didn't have enough value on the relationship to prepare the sacrifice at home, so they just come to church and I'll buy mine when I get there, because I ain't got time to put the lamb in the stall and make sure he's without spot and blemish. Are you listening to me? So God said, "You're a, Jimbo could have said, man, you stealing this truck. We're wanting the glory of God on a level that changes a community, but our sacrifice is so small, we're trying to... We want signs, wonders, and miracles in our shadows to heal. Amen. Are you listening to me? And conviction to fall upon our community and the people around us. We're wanting this level of glory for a bowl of soup. It's about worship your value system's all messed up our value system look at Jesus he did an appraisal of you and I, and he said you're so valuable, valuable that I'm willing to give my life in exchange for yours greater love hath no man than This, to exchange my soul for you. Amen. We don't know. Uh, All we think, oh, I'd take a bullet for you. I'd take a bullet for you. Amen. Husband tells the wife, I'd take a bullet for you. Really? Well, why don't you take losing an argument? Oh, my God. Let's just get real. I don't need you to take a bullet farm. Isn't that what it says? Greater love had no man to lay down his life, his opinion, his way, his will, and it's got to be your way and your will on everything and every decision. Is anybody listening to me? Greater love, that ain't love. There's no giving. Oh, I pray for conviction. Therefore, the value of a thing is established by what one is willing to sacrifice on its behalf. Even in the two, we're doing uh, uh, law of first mention, right? The Old Testament was... Uh, Abraham worshiping by sacrificing something really valuable to him. Well, the New Testament, let's look at the New Testament. Even in the New Testament, the very first time that worship is used, does anybody know? The very first time that word is used in a New Testament setting in the New Testament is when the three, the wise men came from the East and said, we have come to First time, New Testament, Law first mentioned. Okay, what's tied to worship? In the New Testament, as the law first mentioned, He said, "We have come to worship him who was born king of a Jew. And your Bible says, they bowed down to worship and opened their treasures. Not something that didn't mean nothing to them. Treasures translates a deposit of wealth and presented unto Jesus gifts of gold, somebody talk to me, frankincense, and myrrh. They understood that true worship was only characterized by the gift they were giving and presenting as it related to their internal value of the object they were giving it to. You know, telling how many millions of dollars they poured out before Christ. Now I understand why in the Old Testament he said, when you bring your sacrificial lamb to me, do not bring me one that's blind. Do not bring me one that's crippled. Do not bring me one that's got the scurvy. Don't bring me something up here with sores and balls on it. Amen. Because that sacrifice is the only... identification of the value you put on me. He said, matter of fact, take your sick sacrifices and go offer them to your governor. And we want to come in here with sick, lame, malnutrition sacrifices and throw them into the face of God and we think we've done God a service and God said, now I know how unvaluable or invaluable I am to you. This principle is governing my life now. Amen. People think we come to church to worship, but in all reality, worship started before you left the house. What did you have to give and sacrifice to get here? What did, and, I, and I hate to use this because it's so menial. Because you should have got up this morning and said, "This is the day the Lord has made." I was glad, Amen, that it's our day of worship. I mean, I mean, I'm I hate it that we've depleted to this, Amen, that coming to spend time with God has been chalked over into the sacrificial. <laughs> Amen. But still in all, the sacrifice. What did you have to give up to get here? You see, there's a lot of empty pews this morning. You want to know why? Because somebody woke up this morning and did an appraisal and decided, you know what? Being on a deer stand is worth more than being in the presence of worship. Going, going and doing this or that one out today in a worship service. And here's the thing about the way I'm preaching. Nobody can judge you or condemn you, but everybody comes up under the scrutiny of an almighty God who deserves everything. Are you following me? Come on, let's go a little further. Help me, Holy Ghost. So every time it comes to pray, Every time it comes time to pray, every time it comes time to read the Word, every time it comes time for personal devotion and corporate gathering like this, worship begins and value is revealed. The other night uh, after Thanksgiving here on the Thursday, we, uh, uh, the Saints were playing that night, right? Yeah, the Saints were playing. I want to watch Saints bad, y'all. Me and Patty got home, got rid of the family, thought they'd never leave. They did find it. Thank you, Jesus. It was a good Thanksgiving. And and I no, I was actually at my daughter's house, and we come home and bed. I was ready, she was ready. Turned the saints on, I walked in the house. God said, "I, I want to talk to you." You know what I'm saying? I felt a pull. I felt the pull to the right. When I walk in my door, the TV's to the left, my prayer room's to the right. Amen. And when I walked in, I felt the gravity. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That God was like saying, you know, you, you, I got something I need to download in you, you know, and I was feeling it. I said, yeah, after the saints get over, we're going to get it on, you know. Amen. And, and, and Patty was in there changing clothes, and, and, and I'm telling you, he was training me that I walked into my kitchen into a worship service. Huh? Come on, did y'all just nod at me? Does anybody, am I being real enough for you? Amen, that I had to weigh out spending time with my wife and doing what we love to do together. You know, there's not a whole lot of joys left in our age or whatever, I should, you know what I mean? Just, I, mean, I mean? No, Jesus, help me. We don't do a whole lot of stuff like we used to. I don't know I'm just telling y'all I'm just telling y'all I'm just telling y'all worship service began Freddie Edible, and I wanted to be with her we have our little recliners where we can hold hands you know I don't know it's so cute they say you know we just sit in our recliners and hold hands and, and watch the football game and it was just pulling to me and I didn't know it at the time but I was in worship service because God was saying I got something I got to talk to you about right now and and, and all of a sudden somehow a She never even come out. And I took her right. And I went in my prayer room. And when I sat down and opened up the Bible, it was like heaven poured out in revelation. What I'm preaching to you right now. And God said, you bought it. I'm going to say that again. God said, you bought that. You was willing to give up your life. Your... Now I understand why the proverb says buy wisdom and knowledge and understanding and don't sell it because the revelation comes from a purchase. Is anybody listening? It comes from worship. No wonder you're not getting anything from God. Amen. You're wanting a lot of revelation but you're not willing to... Amen. God said, You bought it. Now I understand Isaiah, I think it's 55. I'm not sure what. You that has no money, come and buy. Somebody say, buy it. Don't sell it, buy it. Amen. He said, you that have no money, come and buy it. I said, God, this thing ain't about money. Amen. He said, no, sir, but it's going to cost you something more precious. It's easy to throw a dollar. Amen. But it's a whole lot more difficult to lay my life down to purchase this level of revelation. And I found out, I told Josh a statement. I don't believe sacrificing your children, parents, on the altar of religious systems. But I do believe sacrificing on the altar of devotion. Amen. Because what I found out is if you put them on the altar of devotion, I guarantee God will give them back to you in a better frame of mind, in a better spirit. Amen. I don't believe in sacrificing my time at the altar of uh, sacrificial systems. But I do believe in sacrificing my time at the altar Altar of personal devotion because when I give my little time, it comes back a hundredfold. He'll multiply it. No wonder Jesus said, What will you give in exchange for your soul? He that gains the whole world and loses this, what has he gained? You know what he said, Tammy? He said, If you if you love your mama more than you love me, you're not what? 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 If you love your children more than me, you're not. That's the, that's the Bible. Amen. Are you listening to me? If you love it more, you're not even worthy of me. In other words, you don't understand my value. That God said, I'll never be in debt to no one. You'll never give more to me than I give back to you. My God, I gotta I got, I got go. Every time it comes time to pray, every time it comes time to study, every time it comes time for devotion gathering, your your value is revealed, and what you're willing to sacrifice by what you're willing to sacrifice to maintain that devotion. Every time Satan presents a temptation, it's worship time, huh? Does he ever tempt y'all with your past stupidity, huh? Somebody better lift a hand or something. I'll preach till two o'clock. Let me ask y'all, does he ever tempt you to lie like you just did? Are you listening to me? Every time he throws it out there, it's all, all it is is Satan doing this. Mm. See there, he like to got his tongue in there. He all... And, he pulled back. Does that ever happen to you? I, oh, no, no. But you know what caused you to jerk back? I have another value system. Hey! I have another value system that last, I was a drunk and, and alcohol was destroying my life and I couldn't go home from going to the beer joint. And y'all kind of heard my story. Amen? Are you listening to me? Amen. But I've been delivered from that from how many years I've been saved? 80? 70? It's a long time. Amen. So I mean, you you couldn't hold me down and pour a beer down my neck. I mean, I, I don't have, there's not one cell left in me that wants it. How can you do without something that long? Are you following me? And every now and then, every now and then, Because he always comes back to the house he came out of. If I wouldn't have had a problem with alcohol, I wouldn't have even smelt it. But whatever you have a problem with, he's coming back. That don't mean that's in your psyche. That don't mean it's in your soul. It's a spiritual, are y'all listening? It's a spiritual shot. But you know what I do now? Same thing Jimbo did on the phone. (laughs) Ha ha. $5,000 $5,000 for my truck? I say, a bowl of soup for my relationship with God? Uh, a, 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 a dope, a toke, a poke, a drink, whatever? Uh, are you serious right now, devil? It's not for sale. Okay, okay, let's, let's, let's go. Let's skip all that. What does a man profit? And what would he give in exchange for his soul? The word exchange is, if you're taking notes, the get the tape, the act of giving. Listen, come back here. Exchange is the act of giving up or resigning one thing or state for another. I'm going to say that again. What would you give in exchange? What, what, what's it going to take to do a deal? Exchange is, The act of giving up, giving up, or resigning one thing or state for another. What's worth giving up your state of perfection with God? What's what's worth giving up your state of peace with God? What's what's worth that? Is that little temper tantrum worth it? Is that a little cuss fit worth it? Was that worth it? Whew, got that soup. You're still running all down your face. And then you want to say, oh, I love God. <laughs> I love God. And your, your breath smells like red soup. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just said something. Patty exchanged her ring, which represents an eternal commitment for a bowl of temporary gratification. Listen to scripture. Write it down. Let's work this for a few more minutes to close out this sermon. Write this down. Jeremiah 2, 11 and 12. Listen to what God said. <clears throat> I wish I had this one on the screen. Don't turn there. Just listen because i got to keep moving. God said, Has the heathen, has the sinners exchanged their gods? He said it's unheard of that sinners will trade their gods, exchange their gods. A sinner is a sinner and he's going to do what he's going to do. He said, but my people have exchanged their glory for that which does not profit. My God, yeah. And the next scripture says, Be astonished, O you heavens, at this. Be horribly afraid and very desolate, says the Lord. God said that all of heaven is, is horrified at the fact that I would give up my ring for that bowl of soup. Every time you decide to plummet in and sell out and, 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 and give more worship to your flesh, Over the will of God, he said, you're trading your glory for that which does not profit. My people are making the worst business deals known to man. So my question to you is, what do you deem equivalent to the gift of eternal life that you would consider making a deal with the devil? What, what? That's what Jesus said. What, what do you consider equivalent to your devotion to God? What can the devil offer you that you would consider giving up your right standing with God? Jesus said, I can tell you right now, you don't know the worth of this world, but I do. I know every stitch of oil. I know every bit of gold. I know every bit of silver. I know all the natural resources, physical resources, monetary resources, the entire world. Amen. And me knowing that, I'm going to ask you a question. What would you gain if you got it every bit and just lost you? He said, they're not even equivalent. And we will sell out so quick for personal gratification. In the text, Esau made the most ridiculous exchange ever known to man. It was matched only by Adam and Eve. How many times have you said, what were they thinking? Have you ever thought about that? Are you serious? You had an audience with God in the flesh, in the somehow, another, in the spirit. And, and you let that traveling salesman come by, Cherish, and knock on your door, she preached it, and, and talk you into selling out your entire livelihood for a bite of one piece of fruit. This sounds ridiculous, but how many times do we do it every day? And listen to me. I'm not talking about going back to your old ways. I'm talking about every time I'm tempted to choose TV over my worship time. Every every time I choose something else over... Are you seeing now why conviction has come into my life? They exchange their glory for that which has no profit. Amen. Come with me just a few more minutes. What? I had to ask the question, what made Esau make such a bad exchange? Why would he even be tempted to to make such an exchange? Why would something so valuable as a birthright be for sale? Well, it says he despised it. It means he disesteemed it. Point number one, (laughs) he failed to put the proper value on it. He esteemed his fleshly temporal desires more valuable than his eternal inheritance. Therefore, it was negotiable. Number two, he came in from the field and was faint. You'll always be more movable at the table of negotiation when you get weak from spending too much time in the world the field that represents nature in the world he was a man of nature your, your value of spiritual things begins to drop when you're spending too much time with natural things not sinful things job natural things anybody, can anybody t- testify to that because uh, you think why in the world would he negotiate amen and so the next question is, uh, I was kidding when I offered Jimbo 5 for that truck. But in business sense, where's my suit? Jacob understood the birthright like nobody's business. He knew the value of it. Have you ever wondered what ever gave Jacob the idea to offer so little? For so much I mean you ever went in and wanted to buy something but you was embarrassed to tell them what you'd give them have you ever made it well I don't want to insult them huh? Does anybody, y'all? well y'all don't know Freddie. he knows how to negotiate he, had, he could talk a man out of a ring for soup so I said what even let Jacob knew that it was negotiable well, the evidence has to be that he had watched Esau's actions. He had heard Esau's conversations. He had seen what he put more value in. Come on now, are you with me? Amen. So, so he knew that it was a liable element of negotiation. You know, uh, when the devil knows that your devotion to God is negotiable, he's always wheeling and dealing. When he knows you're going to vote Sunday morning if you're going to go to church or not. When he knows that you're going to let a little cough or a little runny nose keep you out of church. When he knows that, you've just set yourself up to get a cough every Sunday. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting. Because he knows it's negotiable. Can I tell you, you could deliver yourself of a whole lot of temptational negotiations by putting up a sign, not for sale. My devotion is not for sale. My faithfulness is not for sale. Amen. My commitment is not for sale. But because he saw you wheeling and dealing so much in other areas, Woo, God. Get y'all of this this morning. He starts negotiating. He starts negotiating. Oh, my God, I need to get down to the end of this sermon. But listen to this scripture right here. Some, my favorite scripture, Hebrews 11 and 15. It says this. Come on, this is going to help you. It says, if we would have been thinking they were headed to God's country. Hebrews chapter number 11, right? By faith, they were headed to the promised land. And it said, if they had been thinking with homesick remembrance of the country from which they came, they would have found constant opportunity to go back to it. But the truth is they were yearning for a better country that is a heavenly country. In other words, you know why it's a constant temptation for you to go back? It's because you're constantly looking back. He said, if you're constantly thinking about what you came out of, then that's negotiation. There's going to be constant battle with a devil that is wheeling and dealing. Amen? Are you with me? I always want to call you Donna, but you're not Donna. You're... Jody, amen. Huh? So so the worst thing in the world is to stand our Eve at the, at the tree of temptation and enter into negotiations because you're not smart enough to negotiate with the devil. Amen. All you need to have is three words when temptations come. Not for sale. I'm not for sale. My mind's not for sale today. I will not sell it. In other words, they put such a high value on where they were going, they were not constantly looking back. And that scripture closes with, and God said, therefore I am not ashamed to be called your God, and I'm going to call you my sons and daughters. He said, the reason I'm not ashamed of you, I'm talking about God now, that all-loving God that we're all talking about, he has the ability to be ashamed of his children. He said, but I'm not ashamed of you because you got a proper worship system. Your values right. Your values right. The reason the devil stays on some of our front door is because he knows what you have is still for sale. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to LifeChurchofcolumbia.org.